Welcome Cheers, to The Water baby. Cooler. The Water Cooler is a show about marketing, sales, and technology. Each episode, we focus on bringing you advice that works. You can tune in live and join the conversation with hundreds of real estate agents on our Facebook page every Wednesday at 1 o'clock. To catch the replay of any of our past episodes, you can follow us on YouTube or you can subscribe to The Water Cooler everywhere you get your podcast. My name is Jimmy Mackin. I am joined by a partner in crime, co-founder, curator, best-selling author of The Conversion Code, Chris. Chris, welcome to the call, buddy. Thanks, man. Pump. This is a big topic. It's a big day. We're going to have a lot of people watching and worried, and we're going to help them. So, yeah, absolutely. Big show. Let's do it. This week's show is, is how HUD versus Facebook will impact your marketing. Now, we're not attorneys, and if it isn't obvious, you shouldn't be getting your legal advice from two guys who host a podcast and drink in the middle of the day. But we are the authorities on Facebook. We've been running Facebook ads for nearly a decade now, and we've coached over 100,000 agents across the country on how to use Facebook to grow their business. Chris, I want you to set the fans up for success here today, and I want you to talk about what are our overarching goals for today's show? What do we want to communicate to our fans about these changes? I think if there were a word that if I were watching and mm -hmm. I had read the HUD complaint and I had seen some of the stuff Facebook said they're going to change because of it, and I was waiting to see what NAR was going to say, yep. the, the word that I would be looking for for this show is clarity. Mm -hmm. Like, listen your job as a business owner is to execute and so what happens is when you've got these like uncertainty or you're not sure if like targeting a zip code and on zillow like if you're not sure if that's a fair housing act violation it's almost hard to do anything like yeah. if, if you're about to go send postcards because you're doing an open house and like as you're dropping them in the mailbox you're like am i am i gonna lose my license that's mm -hmm. not a good feeling so our job today is simple. What, like you said, we're not attorneys, but I've spoken to NAR directly. We have spoken to Facebook directly. We, we did the research. We, we worked our sources, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we did. <laughs> I believe we have more answers and clarity than anyone else out there can give you. So if I'm watching, my goal is to, at the end of this show, quite simply, get back to work with the confidence that I'm not violating the Fair Housing Act. That yeah. should be the goal. And, and when you say get back to work, what you're really saying is keep investing in Facebook ads. And that's why for this week's giveaway, we're actually gonna be giving away a $125 gift card to help you run compliant Facebook ads. Here's how that mm -hmm. works, guys. All you have to do is share this live stream to be eligible for the giveaway. We're giving away a $125 gift card. Share it in your private mastermind group with other realtors. Share it on your profile. If a lot of people follow you on Facebook or fellow realtors, share it everywhere you can, guys. Help spread the word. Our goal is to educate you and as Chris just said perfectly our goal is to actually provide some answers and some clarities to these questions so Chris I think it's a perfect opportunity for us to talk about the basics to begin because I don't I think people need to know what that is and you've been doing an extensive amount of research working your sources and I think we want to dive first into what actually is the Fair Housing Act why does it exist when was it created and let's kind of let's give a little bit of background there before we kick it off yeah it's funny like you know our buddy Phil M Jones mm -hmm. he's so good at positioning so it's like you know am I am I breaking the Fair Housing Act is Zillow a violation is direct mail gonna get me screwed and it's like tell me what you know about the Fair Housing Act mm -hmm. when was it invented and why and if you can't answer that question it's really hard to have confidence about everything else you're going to say after that. Mm -hmm. So the Fair Housing Act was actually created in 1968. So it's 
over 50 years old. And it actually was sort of a subsection of mm-hmm. the Civil Rights Act. Obviously, the 60s, what, there was a lot of social change. I actually took a class in college, Jimmy, when I got my <laughs> sociology degree. And it was called the 60s and social change, right? Mm-hmm. And so the 60s was a crazy era where a lot of stuff was happening and a lot of stuff was changing. Yeah. Now, if you take yourself back to 1968, it was a totally different world. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say things like racism and sexism and all the other isms out there have gone away. Sure. But I do think it was a much different temperature in the 60s. Now, here's the challenge. Guess what didn't exist 50 years ago, Jimmy? Social media. The internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Facebook. Uh, the ability <laughs> to even do advertising that targeted certain demographics like yeah so the 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 thing is that the law it was built for a very noble purpose like Mm -hmm. i am anti-discrimination and if anybody's ever felt discrimination or if anybody has ever been a victim of discrimination it's a very real problem Mm -hmm. that there needs to be kind of the the bodyguard to keep it from happening right whether it's race whether it's uh, economic status, whether it's uh, where you were born, the color of your skin, your sexual preference, your like, there's a lot of groups of people mm-hmm. who need our help as a society avoiding discrimination. And so I, I want to be clear that I think that the act is great and it should exist. I also think it needs to be completely rewritten for a modern era. The, 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 the thing they were doing, Jimmy, just to be really blunt here, is they didn't want people to not deliver newspapers to certain neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Like that was sort of what they like. That was sort of what was happening at that time was I, I, I've i got an ad in a, in a newspaper. Well, don't I don't even want you to deliver the paper to the poor section of town. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even want you to take the paper over there to where the immigrants live. Like that was sort of the 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 the, the spirit, if you will, of the act. Yeah. And so now, because everything's digital and everything's social and everything's mobile and everything's online, like it, it, it definitely needs to be rewritten to kind of factor that in. Now, they do make changes, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually made a change about a month ago where LGBTQ plus, sure. that's a mouthful, but that's what it is, LGBTQ plus is now a protected class. And we'll get into what a protected class is here in a second. So they, they've updated it in, in that sense. You know the other thing they updated? The violation penalty. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of money you're going to have to pay if you screw up. They changed that and it went up. Yeah. So they've made some changes, but they haven't changed the actual act. And yeah. so I think what will happen, uh, we're going to get into predictions later, but I, I do think that this act in some way will be rewritten to give us the clarity we need. But as my contact at NAR said, it doesn't matter if the act needs to be rewritten and it doesn't matter that it probably will. What matters to those of you watching is that these are the rules right now and you better obey them right now. You can disagree with the rules. 
you can agree they should change, but it doesn't help you if you break them. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely doesn't. We have a slide that we'll pull up just to give you guys some context on what these protected classes actually mm -hmm. are, if you guys want to take a screenshot of them. Again, you guys should probably be aware of those. I'm sure a lot of water cooler fans are, but I think, it, it, and this is the part that we have, I think, unique ability to talk about today, Chris, is sort of how this will actually impact mm -hmm. uh, people who are running marketing. Because you, you said this absolutely on point earlier. If there is a barrier or a little bit of confusion in the marketer's mind, the real estate agent's mind in this case, like they're not going to, they're going to do it. They're not going to mm -hmm. execute. It's like one more reason not to execute. Sure. So you, As you, if you need those. Right, exactly. So you, you mentioned, you know, some of the penalties and we obviously know this is sort of the underlying reason why so the agent mm -hmm. should care. Just give us an update on what happens when you actually break this rule. Cause there's certain laws, it's a yeah. slap on the wrist, right? Sure. Is yeah. this a slap on the wrist? This is a this is a this is a slap on the butt, Jimmy. <laughs> this is a slap <laughs> in the wallet because, quite frankly, the the, the first infraction mm -hmm. is about a twenty thousand dollar fine. Okay, mm -hmm. the second infraction is fifty thousand, and the third infraction is a hundred thousand. Okay, yeah. so this is real money. Like you have to remember, the average real estate agent makes about fifty thousand bucks. So yeah. if they get a twenty thousand dollar penalty they're probably out of business. Now, some of the bigger teams or the bigger brokerages, right? They could probably pay that penalty and keep operating. Yeah. But it, it, it's a debilitating amount of money. But it's not just that HUD will charge you that money. Mm -hmm. There's two other ways you get in trouble. You get in trouble at the state and local level. Yeah. And that's where you can lose your license. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because the penalty goes from 20 to 50 to 100. Yeah. But that's like, if you don't lose your license along that path, yeah. I would almost doubt that you could even get to the $100,000 penalty because after you make two violations, your local state or board or MLS is going to kick you out anyway. Mm -hmm. So you can lose your license. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is, so we've got kind of the HUD penalty and then we've got the local and state penalties. The other one is what is the Facebook penalty? Because let's be very clear. They are currently going after an institution. When I say they, I mean HUD. The institution they're going after is Facebook. Mm -hmm. Guess who they're going to go after next, Jimmy? The individual, right? That's mm -hmm. usually how it starts. So what Facebook is going to do is they're going to make some examples out of people that break this rule. And I believe that they will, one, shut your ad account down permanently, mm -hmm. and two, shut your Facebook page down permanently. So even if HUD doesn't figure, like, because usually, Jimmy, the violation has to be reported sure. to get it on their radar. So there's probably not going to be somebody that reports that you did an ad on Facebook because they don't even see what filters you use. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Facebook, and John and I are just convinced of this, they are going to make an example of agents that don't follow these rules. And so you've got the financial penalty from HUD, you've got the risk of losing your license at the local or state level, and then you've got the risk of being banned forever from Facebook. Yeah. So it's a lot of penalties if you mess this thing up, Jimmy. Yeah, and, and people are asking, when does this take effect? Uh, it, All, it already is an effect. Yeah, right? every single thing that we've talked about so far is already the way it works. Yeah. But we will get into the changes and when yeah. they'll kick in and what you should do now versus then. But yeah. th these are the rules. Yeah. Uh, go, go back to that slide really quick, John. Protected classes of people. 
So these are the protected groups of people under this act. And so that is what you really want to focus on is I need to make sure that I'm not excluding these people. Now we'll go deeper on that in a minute, but I just wanted people to get a chance to screenshot it again yeah. because this act was meant to help protected classes of humans. Yeah. So HUD's currently suing Facebook. What is NAR doing to help right now? Yeah, I think that's one of the first things that I saw on social media. It was like, well, hopefully NAR will step up. You know, let's hope that they kind of go after this as much as they went after the new logo. You know, like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you know, people want the National Association of Realtors to help. And I, based on my conversation with them, they have been in communication with Facebook and with HUD for years. Yeah, sure. And, and in fact, they actually have a startup that went through one of their incubators. They have an incubator called NAR Reach. And the startup actually was a Facebook ad tool, right? Mm -hmm. And so because NAR was investing in a Facebook ad tool, yeah. they were already going like really deep with HUD to mm -hmm. make sure that that tool didn't empower a violation. Now, what's crazy is that NAR did not see this coming. Sure. You know, I talked about the Fair Housing Act, and I'm very proud of your smurl. I mean, I love your smurl. Your smile has gotten better since your smurl <laughs> has arrived. So that's pretty damn I cool. I appreciate but it. I don't know if you got into kind of the two ways that you would violate it, but I want to make this point yeah. before we get into the changes. Yeah, okay? sure. Yeah, let's talk about that because I, I was filling the air with just reacting to some, some of the fans' comments. So I think it is really important that we talk about the ways in which you could violate the Fair Housing Act. Yeah, the two ways that you're most likely going to screw up. Mm-hmm or violated on purpose, quite frankly, for some of the people out there that are just assholes, it would be through your copy yeah. or through your targeting, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's either gonna be the words that you're using yeah. in your MLS descriptions, in your ads, in your marketing, or it's gonna be who you target with those words. So it's basically either copy or targeting. That is going to basically be the way it goes. And we can toss it to our big announcement a little bit later, Jimmy. But, sure. you know, here's the biggest and most important thing. I'll, I'll, let's get into the changes because there's changes Facebook made. There's changes that every person watching needs to make. Yeah. And that really is why I think most people are tuning in. What do I need to change or stop doing because of what just happened? Yeah, and that's exactly what I wanted to get into, which is what is what has Facebook actually done? How have they reacted to this? Because they got sued, and what was their reaction to being sued, and what are they changing? Yeah, they got sued. So basically, there was a there was a smaller group than HUD that sued mm -hmm. them, Jimmy. It was like a a smaller organization than HUD, and they they Facebook settled with them for five million bucks. So as soon as that happened, HUD said, "Well, we, we, we're going to file a claim too," and. Facebook is changing ads manager mm -hmm. and changing how you can target ads for, for real estate. Like literally between five and six months from right now, if you are a real estate agent, you will be logging in to a custom interface built just for this industry to do your ads. Mm -hmm. And inside of that interface, they are going to disallow any demographic targeting 
that would violate the Fair Housing Act. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing they announced is that they are eliminating zip code advertising. Yep. So zip code level advertising is going away. Mm -hmm. They also eliminated geo-targeted advertising, meaning I've got a listing in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I want to do an ad just around the listing. Yep. So let's say I want to just do one mile, two miles, like the, the equivalent of where you would send mail, let's call it, sure. if you had it just listed. Yep. So Facebook announced that zip code targeting is going away because of this. Yep. They also, they are going to let you put a point on a map, but you're going to have to target within 15 miles of that radius. Gotcha. And Jimmy, I know where you're at there in the back bay. Mm -hmm. I know for a lot of our clients throughout the country, the idea of targeting uh, a whole city or the idea of targeting like a point on a map, but having to go 15 miles around it. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of a deal breaker. It also opens up a can of worms because if Facebook is changing zip codes and geographic targeting because of what happened, well, what else has to change? Mm -hmm. I know there's some stuff we're going to dig into, Jimmy, but you know, ultimately, all the demographics that would violate the Fair Housing Act are going away, and zip code and hyper-geographical targeting is going away. Yeah. So let's be clear about one thing here. Those two filters currently exist right now within Facebook. Mm -hmm. What you just said is that Facebook is releasing a new ads manager specifically designed for the real estate industry. But you also talked earlier about the protected classes. Mm -hmm. Is zip code and geographic area, is that a protected class under the Fair Housing Act? Well, that's actually the slippery slope that everybody kind of said, well, hold on a second, because if zip codes are going away, wouldn't mm -hmm. Zillow go away? They sell ads by zip code. Yep. If, if I can't put a pin on a map and target around a mile, is direct mail going away? Like if you go to Twitter and you go to Pinterest right now, Jimmy, you could target by zip code there. Mm -hmm. Like what about lawn signs? Like, like when you do an open house and you put the little pointers everywhere, <laughs> like do, do those have to actually exist 15 Just point miles? All different directions? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's yeah. a very slippery slope. And so that was the primary question I kept getting. Yeah. It, you know, is Zillow going to have to change the way they do their ads? Can I do mail? What about open houses? What about like, let's say you're doing Google and you're doing AdWords and you're doing geographical area AdWords. Mm -hmm. Is that going to go away? Yep. And Jimmy, the way it was explained to me is very simple. On this particular point, Facebook, unfortunately, has decided to overcorrect. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, no, geographical locations like zip codes, like cities, are not protected classes of people. So, John, pull, pull it back up again. Probably a terrible idea to ask for him to do that. <laughs> but th those are the protected classes of people. Sure. Zip codes aren't people. They're areas. And so what happened is Facebook said, we're going to target, we're going to get rid of zip codes. We're going to get And everybody thought, well, if they're getting rid of that because of the Fair Housing Act, then isn't all this other stuff a violation? Yeah. And again, we're not attorneys, but to the best of the knowledge that we've been able to gather from our contacts at NAR and Facebook, targeting a zip code, 
targeting a neighborhood is not a violation of the Fair Housing Act. It would be, Jimmy, if you targeted a zip code or a neighborhood and then a demographic on top of it. Yeah, and people were asking in the chat, how can Facebook allow for demographic information to be available for targeting if it's against the law? And in fact, we saw this recently, Chris, I think it was back in August, they actually already removed 5,000 targeting options from their demographics, interests, and behaviors. Yeah. Uh, examples being like people who watch Telemundo. That used to be an option you could target, and mm -hmm. it no longer is. Uh, I think it's always important that ignorance, I think my, my sister is an attorney, uh, and uh, she's always sort of told me that like ignorance of the law is not an excuse. So mm -hmm. I realize people are like, well, oh, what if Facebook allows me to target this demographic? Like, I, w I want everyone to be clear, like, you should take personal responsibility for using the filters. And you'll talk about that in a minute, which filters you would use. But like, yeah. you should not let Facebook put you in a corner. Or in well, a this box. is Jimmy, this is part of the reason they have to relook at the law, mm -hmm. the act, whatever the whatever you want to call it. Because yeah. the way that Facebook does targeting is they have include and exclude. Right. Yeah. And the way the act is written, it's all about not excluding. Mm -hmm. So the question I think that's really fair that people really should ask is if I do an ad that includes men, I didn't say exclude women. Sure. I just said include men. Right. If, if I do an ad that says include people 20 to 40. Yeah. I, I didn't say exclude people over 40. See what I'm saying? Like I didn't, I, I didn't actually go to the box that says exclude people over 50. I actually just said include people 20 to 50. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very tricky because literally in the Facebook ad manager, yeah. they use the word exclude. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of real estate agents, if they weren't, you know, again, they're probably not trying to, I, I think 99.5%, well, let me take that down a little bit. I think 95%. <laughs> of all real estate agents are good people mm -hmm. and they would never do any of these things on purpose but because it's so confusing they might have done some of these things on accident and yeah. so we're going to talk in a second about how do i make sure my ads are as safe as possible yeah. because when there is so much confusion the way i explained it to my contact at nar i said listen this is already a very gray area that just got muddier like mm -hmm. it's like a muddy puddle yeah. puddle's already muddy so it's just really confusing um but yeah all those changes so jimmy to be clear yes you can go in right now and you can run an ad right now that only targets men yeah. and you can go in right now and you can go in and run an ad that only targets a certain decade of people's age yep and both of those are Fair Housing Act violations. Yeah. So let's be really clear about exactly what has happened right now before you can talk about what we can do about it. What has happened right now? What is already on record saying is going to happen? Number one, Facebook has removed 5,000 uh, 5, targeting options available via demographics and interest to help eliminate and sort of appease HUD in this case. Number two, uh, you can currently still target by zip code and geographic uh, area dropping a pin in the map and drawing a circle around it. And number three, Facebook has announced that they are going to be removing that option, geographic targeting and zip code from their mm -hmm. ads manager that is going to be released when, Chris? When are they predicting that? They said five months. That was what they told us was that five months. Now, five months usually takes longer. <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, there's a lot of urgency here. But, you know, we're going to get into predictions. I'll save some of my predictions. But, sure. you know, I have a feeling that the $5 million Facebook paid the first organization 
is going to look like a drop in the bucket compared to what they're about to pay HUD. Yep. So when we talk about running ads currently, knowing like, again, once you are sort of aware of these mm -hmm. changes, you obviously are going, as you said earlier, like 95% of real estate agents normally would not violate this rule intentionally mm -hmm. or this act intentionally, but obviously mm -hmm. they want to be as safe as possible. They are white hat agents. They want to basically do things above board. So mm -hmm. when you think about this concept of what's the right way to run uh, an advertisement in 2019, given these changes, what's your approach as a marketer? Well, I want to. I'm. I'm. I'm going to basically quote my contact from NAR. Mm -hmm. If you want to be as safe as possible, target by location and nothing else. Okay. So now I did a little bit of research, Jimmy, and in, in many, many, many states, it might be all fifty. I feel bad at it and figure that out. But in many states, Jimmy, you can't buy a home if you're under 18, okay? Mm -hmm. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is, you, you, you know, so you don't have to target 14 and 15 year olds if they're not even allowed to buy a home. Cause I think Facebook starts at 13 and up. Yeah, Their, their filters basically say 13 to 65 plus. That's usually how they do it. So to be clear, to be as safe as possible, you would target by area and nothing else. Mm -hmm. 18 and up, plus location, that's your magic million. That's your formula that you would use for a large campaign that you wanted to put in front of a lot of people. Yeah, it makes me, uh makes me appreciate the importance of custom audiences more than ever before. Because if you are going to be that broad with your targeting, you're in a position where you're sort of going to have to figure out, okay, well, I need to run subsequent campaigns based on people's interaction mm -hmm. and their intent. Um, you said this to me before the call last week, and I think it's really important for people to understand because I think the hysteria around this is going to be, well, Facebook's no longer really going to be a platform I want to use. But you said to me this before, I said, these filters that are going away are filters that didn't even exist five years ago. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to have that sort of context and appreciation for it. Uh, so you just mentioned what you can do from a targeting perspective. Mm -hmm. what, you know, you mentioned before, you talked about this before, but like, how has other organizations like MLSs addressed this issue at a, at a high level? Yeah, well, I mean, the targeting is not something they're as concerned about. They're sure. more concerned with the copy. Yep. So if I go in the MLS and I get a listing and I put something that's like kind of like breaks the rule and then I submit it, yeah. well, because of the way syndication works, that violation is going to be public facing, right? Mm -hmm. So as soon as I put it in the MLS and it goes on Realtor.com and it goes on Zillow and all these guys' site, if I use words that violate the act in my MLS description, that violation gets syndicated. Yeah. And that's obviously a problem. So there's some MLSs, like one of the ones we researched was Clarity by CoreLogic. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're kind of calling it like a smart MLS. At the MLS level... If any of these keywords or protected classes are addressed in an MLS description, they should stop it when they submit it. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're doing. So let's say, let's say I say something where I say, hey, and, and, and a lot of times, Jimmy, I'm telling you, people are not trying to be egregious. Yeah. It's just like if somebody says, you know, this is a very Hispanic friendly community. There's a lot of Spanish speakers in this area. So if you speak Spanish, you'll feel welcomed, right? I, I, I don't feel like somebody that necessarily says that is, is trying to sort of 
be a racist or anything like they're just they're sort of like they know the neighborhood they know the area like there's a lot of high school kids in my neighborhood jimmy mm-hmm. i mean i i don't care what the act says that's just true right like th- that's just true there are a lot of kids that are in high school and junior high that live near me you yeah. know what i mean and so like realtors a lot of times they have to dance with their words sure. like hey is this a good neighborhood for families they're like well i can't really answer that but you know that it, like so it's tricky um but the MLSs certainly can help. Now, the problem is there's like 900 of them. And some of the smarter, more innovative, newer ones have this sort of smart language technology baked in. But some of the older ones don't. And so that's a change we'd like to see the MLSs make. Every single MLS should have keyword logic that disallows violations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what how this kind of uh, uh, plays out as it relates to sort of the different ways in which you can sort of intentionally and unintentionally sort of violate this app. But what you said mm-hmm. there was, I think, really smart. Is that I remember it's copy and targeting. So copy is relatively easy. Like copy mm-hmm. is like just do not say these particular phrases. And every real, t- real estate agent should be very much aware of what those phrases are. We obviously included the slide earlier, but the targeting is the one where people are still getting a little bit hung up. I'm monitoring the chat right now, Chris, and people are still kind of uh, asking about geographic location and uh, about zip code. And, and, and guys, we said this earlier in the call, from the information we have available to us, from Chris's sources at NAR, from what Facebook has said, from what HUD has said, all the information leads us to believe that a geographic area is not a protected class. Therefore, if that if that information is true, therefore, then then you have no issues with geographic targeting whatsoever. Well, it's actually interesting, Jimmy, if we go back to 1968, when the law was created, and the mm-hmm. act was written, if you will. Yeah. It's funny that the, the, the purpose, a, a big part of the purpose was actually that a geographical area would not define a class of people, right? Yeah. That was sort of the whole point of it. Like mm-hmm. they were trying to eliminate that geographic areas would define income, would define race, would define marital status. So yeah, geographical areas are not classes of people. And the Fair Housing Act is there to protect classes of people. So like you said, based on everything we've been able to learn through the people that we've been able to speak to, targeting geographically does not violate the Fair Housing Act. The second that you add a filter to that geography, yeah, like moms, like dads, like women, like older, like younger, like gay, like mm-hmm. straight, like black, like Mexican, whatever it is, the second you add that second filter, you violate the act. Yeah. Hopefully that's clear, guys. Again, I, I, I hope you guys appreciate the fact that we're willing to be brave here and go on the air and talk about this, whereas most organizations do this behind closed doors. We're trying to educate our fans, educate our audience on what we're learning through this process and what's possible and what you can do about it. So, Chris, let's talk about, before we talk about predictions here, um, you talked about you know Facebook overcorrecting. You know, one of the big complaints I read in, in, the, in the lawsuit was Facebook's algorithm. I want you to talk briefly about that, if you could, in terms of like how HUD is sort of perceiving or viewing Facebook's algorithm as breaking the Fair Housing Act. Yeah, well, it's it's sort of back to like a 50-year-old act probably didn't factor in social media newsfeed algorithms, right? (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's really tricky because you're you're sort of trying to apply an old act to a new world. Um, Before I get into what Facebook and the algorithm created, let me just say one thing about what I think NAR can do. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I want to be very respectful of NAR. They're a powerful organization. And I appreciate the fact that they even spoke to me about this. But what NAR can do, Jimmy, is they can fight with Facebook and they can make sure that that geographic targeting does not go away. Mm -hmm. Because if targeting by zip code and targeting geographically does not violate the Fair Housing Act, yeah, then I would love to see NAR fighting to make sure that real estate agents can still do that. Like, uh, pull up the stat, John, about like when people move. This was an mm -hmm. interesting stat that we found uh, in the topic of when people move. So like 62% of people that move, move from the county they're in to the county they're in. They don't really move that far. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. So now 34% of people did relocate to a different county. But, but think about that. Like if 62% of the people that are going to buy a house in my little county are going to come from my little county, it's pretty annoying that I would have to target 15 miles around that county, right? Like I, I understand how that would be frustrating, but that's what I would love to see NAR do, quite frankly, is I would like to see them fight back here. Yeah. And I would like to see them work with HUD and work with Facebook to make sure that geographic targeting is still available to this industry. Because yeah. the fact that they would remove something that isn't a violation is quite frankly an overcorrection that they didn't have to do. Now, the algorithm, which was what your question was, mm -hmm. is interesting. Because if you think about like uh, when you build an ad on Facebook, Jimmy, they say, what's your, what's your goal, right? Yeah. Traffic, engagement, conversions. Like I, I don't know all of them. Video views, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But th there's, a, there's a formula behind that simple choice. So let's say you say, I want to get link clicks. I, you know, I want website traffic. That's my goal. Well, as a real estate agent, choosing that goal doesn't feel like it discriminates against an age group. Mm -hmm. But what if Facebook's algorithm that no one knows how it works, what if their algorithm has identified that people over 50 are sure. more likely to click. See what I'm saying? What if their algorithm has identified that people under 30 are more likely to engage with a post? You see what I'm saying? What if they, see what I'm saying, Jimmy? That's a tough one because we don't know what their algorithm is. Yeah. And so I could target just the city, no age, do it right. And then what if their algorithm says, oh, you want traffic? Older people click more. Oh, you want post engagements? Younger people do that. Oh, you want conversions? Women convert more than men. You see what I'm saying? Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So if all of a sudden their algorithm starts putting those parameters onto my ad, they're kind of like breaking the act on my behalf. So the, the, the question becomes, does Facebook even owe it to anyone? to show what their algorithm is. I I'm guessing they'll have to. And we have a prediction about what the new algorithm is gonna look like, but it's a lot to go through, Jimmy. I I like, I like you said, I hope the fans appreciate that we're going here and talking about this. And I know they have a lot of questions and we did too. I spent well, almost three hours on the phone with NAR. Yeah. John spent a couple hours on the phone with Facebook. You know, we're doing what we can here. But you know, one of the other things about technology, Jimmy, that I think is funny is like, we haven't even talked about AI. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
Like, how does artificial intelligence play into all of this? How does machine learning play into all of this? Like, if you think about artificial intelligence, like I, I've been hearing Gary Keller talk about AI. I've been hearing, gosh, who who else is talking about AI, Jimmy? You got, you got you know, Elon Musk talking about AI. You got yeah. Everyone like, I mean, technology is talking about AI. It, it, it's it's one of those buzzwords, right? It's kind of like cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or QR codes. Like now it's AI. There's always something. And so we thought a lot about that. Like, how can we bring AI as a topic to the water cooler community? You know, like how how could artificial intelligence yeah. help our viewers grow their business? Mm-hmm. And what we what we came to the conclusion of is that it can't and it won't anytime soon. Now, some people are going to be mad at me for saying that. But at the end of the day, if you had to choose between artificial intelligence teaching you mm-hmm. how to be better at real estate or an agent that actually sells real estate mm-hmm. teaching you how to sell real estate, like we just think agent insights and agent interviews and agent intelligence is actually infinitely more valuable than artificial intelligence, especially for the next five years. So I am thrilled to announce, Jimmy, that we are bringing an entirely new spin to the water cooler. We are actually launching an all new edition of the water cooler starting next week water cooler ai but it's not artificial intelligence it's actually agent insights and it's going to be hosted by our sales manager sarah we've got a quick video to show everybody so that they can see exactly what they can expect from the new version of the show one of the best things about curator is our amazing community of top real estate agents and teams and their commitment to always learning masterminding and helping each other out so we decided to share the love and bring on some of our top most successful clients to talk about their journey and to give you guys some best practices and advice we don't fear failure around here but trying to sometimes land on something that you can, can really dive in deep with is harder and you know we found a few and i think we're going to talk about some of those today one day i just got really really clear as to the type of business I wanted to run and I wanted to become an agent that wasn't lucky, an agent that wasn't just hoping for the business. I wanted to make sure that I could really calculate what the next year would look like or what I wanted it to look like. So that's it, Jimmy. So Agent Insights starts next Wednesday. And on our first inaugural show, Mm -hmm. we are interviewing Michelle Humes. And Michelle went from solo agent to a 17-person team in 15 months. Yeah. And so we are going to figure out how she did it. How did she grow her business? How did she grow her brand? Who did she hire? Why did she hire? What was her marketing? What was her tactics? And we're thrilled. So Sarah is going to be hosting the agent interviews and hosting agent insights. Michelle, you saw Charles Burgess. You Mm -hmm. saw Veronica. So if you guys are interested, all you have to do is go to curator.com slash AI and you can RSVP. We'll email it out. It'll air on Facebook. 1 p.m. on Wednesdays, 
just like the water cooler normally airs. So now, Jimmy, once a month, if you love the show, you get to learn from an agent. And the other three times per month, you get to learn from us. We're pumped about it, pumped for Sarah. I want everybody to tune in next week. Michelle is truly one of the most passionate, smartest, driven real estate agents on the planet. Yeah, I can't wait for it. All right, let's get into predictions here, Chris. We'll wrap up the show rapid fire style here. So at a high level, we understand the changes that Facebook mm -hmm. has been making, the overcorrections, the removal of some of the targeting options, and the future of this new ads manager that is five months away. Now in technology, five months means I don't really know, just to be yeah. clear, just to translate there. But it's coming is what their prediction is, depending on how things go with Facebook. So how do you see this impacting the overall ad performance? I want you to make a prediction there, because in the past, you know, I think a lot of agents would sort of go crazy with the filters, crazy with the targeting, and mm -hmm. they felt like they could sort of slice and dice up their audience to specifically target an individual who's most likely to actually act on their on their ad. How do you see this impacting ad performance, the removal of some of these targeting options? Yeah, it's funny. The first thought I think people would have would be that it would hurt their ad performance. Mm -hmm. But Jimmy, what you just said, you said it nicer than I'm about to. <laughs> People try to reduce their ads to the ridiculous. Mm -hmm. they, they think that the, the conversion and the results happen through targeting. Yeah. And they actually happen through copy. And they actually happen through follow-up. Now, here's what's interesting. I understand you might not want to target a 19-year-old mm -hmm. if you typically work with people in their mid-40s. I get it. But guess how old that kid's parents might be? Mm-hmm. And so that is a very real impact that's going to start happening is the ages you might have been not including are referral sources. Like, yeah. think about it, Jimmy. If people only did ads because they could target specific age ranges, there would be zero TV ads. Mm -hmm. There would be zero radio ads. There would have never been newspaper ads. There would have never been like so... The thing I think is going to happen, like, as you know, Jimmy, you need what's called escape velocity on an ad for it to do good. Mm -hmm. The way that you get escape velocity is by getting a lot of engagement with the ad. So even if the people that might fall outside of your ideal age range, they don't like click the ad, become a lead and call you. Yeah. Let's say they just see the listing and they like it or they see the listing and they tag a friend. Or like, let's say my mom sees a house and she tags me, right? All of that engagement actually makes the ad perform better. Mm -hmm. So in my experience, people already over-target their ads. Yeah. And so I think what this will do is this will get them back to doing it the way they should have, which is you've got to cast a wide net if you want to catch a lot of fish. They're out there trying to put one line in the freaking ocean with one certain kind of bait on it in one little area. Yeah. And instead, now you're going to have a lot of different bait and a bunch of big nets all over your city. And I think the unintended consequence might be more business not less. That's my yeah. prediction. Yeah, and so the guess my follow-up was, do you see this as a good or bad thing for the fans of the water cooler? I think overall it's a really good thing. I think these conversations are healthy. You yeah. know, like ultimately, like I said at the beginning, discrimination is a problem that people need help with. And mm -hmm. this act is important and I'm glad it exists. But if you're watching the water cooler, let's be clear, Jimmy, the people who watch the water cooler are not necessarily the average agent out there. 
Yeah, sure. And so what I see happening is the people that are learning, like if you're on the show right now, you care tremendously, right? Mm -hmm. And if you care tremendously, you're going to make adjustments quicker. The people that care a lot are going to keep doing it and keep getting results. The people that don't care as much, what I think this gets rid of, I don't think anybody's ever going to just try one ad again. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to get a lot less people sticking their toe in the water. Sure. I think you're going to get a lot less people taking out their fucking $10 bill out of their wallet and trying an ad. I don't even have any money. That would have been <laughs> it's 2019. Been, yeah. But like, Pull up your Apple Pay. You know, there, there's there's literally hundreds of thousands of agents sure. that are sort of amateurs when it comes to advertising. So I think that it's going to be more important to do it right more important to write great copy, more important to have great graphics, more important to have a good landing page, sure. more important to have good action plans. But again, I think another unintended consequence is that a lot of real estate agents will bail. Yeah. And that actually is very good for the ones who don't. Yeah, and what you just described there, Facebook is an auction-based advertising network, meaning the more advertisers that are advertising to your audience on Facebook, the higher the costs are. So when you have any changes that make it more difficult, more complicated, more confusing for someone to run an ad, generally speaking, advertisers begin to sort of, the amateurs begin to move on from that. Thus, the amount of inventory, ad inventory that's available is actually increases and the demand goes mm -hmm. down, which then drives down costs. So I think you're absolutely- Well, Jimmy, let me make one other prediction. I didn't talk to you about this before the show. Sure. Google, right? They've been around a while. Mm -hmm. Google has a true pay per click option. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meaning if someone doesn't click, you don't pay. Yeah. Facebook never went down that path. But if you think about it, if they really wanted to appease their advertisers, yep. who now might have to target some people they don't want to or that they don't feel that, that they should have to, if you will. Well, if it's cost per click, no one mm -hmm. would care because when you only pay, if someone clicks, yeah. who cares? Now, another thing, Jimmy, let's say I have to target all of Orlando, mm -hmm. okay? If I've got to target all of Orlando, I can say, have you seen this listing that just hit the market in Avalon Park? It's in the 32828 zip code. Check it out. See what I'm saying? So if you marry those ideas, you qualify through copy. And then Facebook changes and gives us a cost per click option. There's literally like very, very little fallout if those adjustments happen. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really really important point that I hope you guys are beginning to soak in here. And and, and before I get in my last question here, Chris, and before we get into the giveaway, I just want to give a mm -hmm. shout out to the eleven people who liked me on Instagram live on the show. I appreciate the <laughs> followers there, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, to did, did you tell them it would go up if they did it while you're on the air? Well, like they can, well, you know, that, that time where you yeah. dropped off the show, I spent that time to do some self-promotion. So yes. <laughs> this is, good. this is all really, yeah, I know what's happening here. I just figured it out. But Jimmy, really quick. Remember I went to the escape room last week. Yes. Like if, if, if you guys are watching and you're in the comments on Facebook or YouTube, if you are a fan of escape rooms, let us know. Like Jimmy and I are like escape room junkies. We he are. actually, I'm just, are you going to call me out on this? I'm gonna. Jimmy rage quitted in the middle. That's what the kids call it. Rage quitting. Is that what they say? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I rage quitted Pokemon go one time. Cause I couldn't get this damn Snorlax <laughs> to stay in the ball, but, but, but Jimmy rage quitted an escape room in the middle of the hour because he couldn't get along with his own family. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. 
So you escaped. <laughs> you technically escaped, but you I escaped did. by hitting the emergency that, exit that, that button. Was it. it was worth. That is it was worth it. <laughs> so, so I don't even know why I brought up escape rooms now. Oh, they had a smurl. So at the yes. escape room, they had a smurl. Sure. And I, when I when I saw it, I'm like, damn, this is a local escape room because they're not like a national chain. Yeah. They're just in East Orlando or like I Drive Orlando. Jimmy, they had twenty three thousand likes. And it, and it, I guarantee you, most of them are from the people that come in, see the smurl, and hit the yeah. button. Yeah. So like, there it is. You just got another one, Jimmy. And so I thought that was amazing. And and it was funny because I was with a group of people. Yeah. And so I I saw the smurl, and I'm like, hey guys, you guys want to see something really cool? Watch this. And I went on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I liked their page, and probably like honestly, Jimmy, ten seconds later, it starts flipping, and they were like. Oh my God, that's yeah. so cool. I want to do it too. So anyway, the Smurl is not just a joke. Like, I think it becomes a joke because of the name, quite frankly. The Smurl is hard to take serious, but it's a very cool device. I'm very happy for you that you got your Smurl, Jimmy. I Congratulations. <laughs> The, the let me address the future of the algorithm, and then let's talk about if people should spend money somewhere else for a yeah. while. Okay. But the you know back to your point about like page post engagements or website traffic, like if, if those formulas also discriminate and we can't control that, mm -hmm. my prediction is that the algorithm for the real estate ads will be algorithmless. Okay. Is that, a, I don't know if that's a I'm word, but that <laughs> the, 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 the algorithm We'll, we'll use Scott Stratton. It will be an un-algorithm. Mm -hmm. it, it, it will not be an algorithm because if, if that algorithm in any way focuses on classes of people that are protected, meaning older, younger, black, white, men, women, mm -hmm. it, then they're not going to be able to use it. Yeah. So my guess is that if, in the future, if you run an ad and you say, hey, target Orlando or target this area, target 15 miles – not only will your filters be much simpler, by the way, that's a good thing, right, Jimmy? Because like mm -hmm. how many people, let's be real, went into ads manager, started to run an ad, and just the number of choices mm -hmm. created in action. I mean, I think that's happened a lot. But I think that the real estate ads will be algorithmless, mm -hmm. meaning if you say, I want to target this area, and let's say there's 30,000 people in that area, I think that they will have some kind of random selection process. And if you've got a hundred bucks and a hundred bucks reaches 3000, they're just going to send it to 3000 people with their eyes closed. I really yeah. believe that there will be an algorithmless algorithm. Yeah. And now, the reason, the, well, I was going to say one thing there, Chris, I want to forget this thought. The reason mm -hmm. this is actually insanely valuable, if that was the direction they head, where it becomes a little less complicated, is that what people don't realize, I think in politics, they call it like dark money, where mm -hmm. people invest in millions of dollars or billions of dollars a campaign. You have no idea where they come from. There's actually dark advertising happening within Facebook. You can go to Facebook's new ad library tool. If you go to Zillow's profile on Facebook's ad library tool, mm -hmm. you'll realize they're running 50,000 ads on Facebook that are just like highly 
highly sophisticated algorithmic ads that are basically causing ads to be more expensive in your local area. So the fact that some of that stuff, some of that sophistication may go yeah. away is actually very good for the average advertiser, the average person who's watching this show, because there is dark ads, you know, to give it no, no other, better name than that, like happening across the board, they're driving costs up significantly from mm -hmm. some of these big, uh, big advertisers spending a lot of money on Facebook. Yeah. So the last thing, Jimmy, we'll wrap it up is sure. the, you know, I think it's a very fair question. You know, yeah, I'll set you up I, for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, the thing, this is the question that people were even asking this in the chat. They're like throwing their hands up. Well, I'm going to stop spending money on Facebook. I'm going to move my money elsewhere. And I think the natural gut reaction, Chris, to that same question is quite simply, if the targeting options I have used to drive successful Facebook ads in, in, in the past have gone away, why shouldn't I move my money elsewhere? Why shouldn't I spend more money on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Google, on insert another advertising platform? Why should I spend my money with Facebook? Facebook if these options are now going away? It's a great question. It's a very fair question. It's a question that if you're not asking, you should be. So the, the last thing I would say is, okay, because remember, I don't know, Jimmy, were you old enough to have a MySpace? Well, I'm 33, Chris. So the answer is yes. I, w I was an early adopter of MySpace. I, I didn't have like, I, I wasn't, I'm not really that big into music. So I didn't really have a big page. I didn't have a lot of followers. I had far less followers than I have or far fewer followers than <laughs> yeah. I have right now on Instagram. Yeah. But yes. I but like well, the reason I mentioned that is that, yes, you know, I know why you mentioned that. Keep going. Everybody <laughs> left MySpace to Facebook. Sure. Right. The, the thing is, everybody's not leaving Facebook to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So the rules might have changed, but the attention didn't change. The mm -hmm. eyeballs and the focus are still right on Facebook. In fact, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, which, by the way, everything we said today, yeah. yes, it applies to Instagram. Like, that's just the way it's going to work. But think about it, Jimmy. If you're not on Facebook, you're not on the Internet. Like mm -hmm. Facebook is still the internet. Facebook has more users and more time on site than anywhere online. So it's sort of like, where are you going to take your ball and go cry down the street to where yeah. no one's paying attention? Like you don't have a better option. So it, Jimmy, if there was better options, we'd be the first one testing them, using them, trying mm -hmm. them. D you know, you don't. We're going to go to Google Plus. They just got shut down yesterday. Mm -hmm. You're going to go start doing seven second Vine videos. Those got shut down the other day. So the the the, the rules might have changed. Yeah. But the focus didn't change. It made me think of one of my favorite songs, Jimmy, Hotel California. You can check out of Facebook anytime you want but you can never leave. That is just the reality. They are a behemoth. Mm -hmm. you, it, it's very similar to Zillow. How many people complain about Zillow, Jimmy? A lot, Chris. I think at one point, 100% of realtors have at least vented about Zillow. Mm -hmm. How many of them actually took their money and ran? Mm -hmm. Like how many of them don't have a profile? Mm -hmm. How many of them don't have the review? Like, so it's sort of like Zillow, I would say. Like you could be mad at Zillow, but your customer might get madder at you if you're not there. So I think it's si similar to Facebook. You can check out and you can go leave for a while, but the people that use it are not. And so that would be a big mistake in my opinion. Let's give away the prize, Jimmy. This guy's probably scared as shit to use this free <laughs> ad credit. <laughs> I mean, he's got to be scared. He's, lo but... he's long gone at this point. Yeah. So really quick, Carlos... Zapita, 
Carlos Zapita, mm-hmm. you are getting a $125 Facebook ad credit. To be clear, you should use that ad credit to target an area and nothing else. Thank you guys for tuning in. Cheers, Jimmy. Thanks for getting through all the problems. The water cooler airs every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Next week, it's going to be Sarah and Michelle on our first ever water cooler AI. You can catch the replay on YouTube. You can listen to the audio version on iTunes. And can you hire me and Jimmy to do your marketing for you? Yes, you can. Go to Curator to learn more. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day.